This is Arab Shaban on Friday, May 1st, 2020. And this evening, Brian and Deanne Rose will welcome us to their home. And then they'll lead us in Hebrew prayers and worship. And after that, Rabbi Yuri and I will join in from live from home. And then we'll return to the Rose home for one last worship song together. Right now, I wanna ask you to hit the share button so you can let your friends on Facebook know that this is a good time to start with us. And also hit the like and the follow buttons and that will be like subscribing. You'll get extra information and notice about things that we're doing here. Please join with us also in our comment section. I'd love to hear from people this weekend who have never made comments but are joining with us. And special welcome for comments from people who have joined us just for the first time on this Shabbat. I wanna give a special greeting to our international friends all, all over the world and a warm welcome again to our podcast listeners. You're part of the Mishpacha too, and we welcome you with glad hearts. We're so glad that you could be joining with us tonight. So from Sandy and me, I wanna say Shabbat Shalom and let's join the Rose family and live from home. So please join me for the uh, candle lighting prayer. Baruchata Adonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Adsher Kitshanu Bidvarecha, Lanatalanu Et Yeshua Meshikainu, Betzivanu Lahiyot, Ola Olam, Amen. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the Universe, who has sanctified us in your word and has given us Yeshua our Messiah and has demanded us to be the light to the world. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Audrey. Hello, everyone. Shabbat Shalom. My name is Brian Rose, and um, you just met my daughter, Audrey. This is my wife, Deanne. And we want to welcome you to Live from Home with Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue. Let's continue our, our evening of worship with the Shema together. If you um, could turn and face the direction of Jerusalem and join, join with us. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malchuto Leolam Vaed. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed is the name of his glorious kingdom for all eternity. Amen. And now the Veshamru, the scriptural basis why we celebrate Shabbat every week. The children of Israel shall keep the Shabbat, observing it throughout their generations as an everlasting covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, 
and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Shabbat to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Oh, do, 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 oh, do
Shabbat Shalom, and welcome into our home. Thank you, Brian and Diane, for beautiful worship. 
And I'm so happy to share this time with you and thank you for joining us today. Today, I would like to consider two very interesting topics. The first one from the Torah portion, Kedushim, holy people. And the second one from the half Torah portion, the restoration of the tabernacle of David. At first glance, these appear to be two completely different topics, but in fact, they're very, very related. So let's look, let's open our scriptures, our Bibles in book of Leviticus chapter 19 and let's read together. Verse one and two. So let's begin together. Adonai said to Moshe, it is so important to understand. It was a commandment from the Lord. It was not from Moses. It wasn't from the people of Israel. It was words of Adonai. The Lord speaks to Moshe and through Moshe to us, to people of Israel. Verse 2. Speak to the entire community of Israel. Tell them, you people are to be holy because I, Adonai, your God, am holy. Again, Leviticus 19, verse 1 and 2. So, verse 2. Entire community of Israel. Speak to the entire community of Israel. It is for everyone in Israel. For young and for old. For religious and not. For everyone in Israel. And you know what I, what I found in the scriptures? The Lord never asked us something we cannot accomplish. He did not try to put them under the shame or burden of not being able to be holy. And this was the commandment from the Lord to them. Around the world holy, around uh, the word holy, there are many misunderstandings. This word very often sounds incomprehensible and confusing for some of the people. For some people, a holy man means a perfect man without any sin and blame. For some, when they hear holy people, their imagination brings them an old picture of or icon of Apostle Peter or Apostle Paul or somebody who lived centuries ago and was a perfect man of old, usually with very sad eyes and halo over his head. But the fact is that one of the basic concepts and one of the main meanings of the word holy, the holy, the main meanings of the word holy, it is separated to God for a specific task, separated out for a specific God-defined purpose. So word holy, one of the main meanings is to be separated for the Lord and by the Lord. And in order to achieve this goal from the Lord, we must be sanctified. It means to prepare ourselves to be worthy and capable to achieve this goal. For example, let us read 1 Corinthians chapter 1. This is a very interesting example in the scriptures and very useful to understand. 
for every one of us. It's the first Corinthians chapter one, uh, second verse. This is the letter of Rabbi Shaul, Apostle Paul to Corinthians. To God's community in Corinth, having been made holy in Messiah Yeshua, called as Kedushim. Rabbi Shaul called the believers in Corinth Kedushim, the same name we of the Torah portion for today, Kedushim, holy people. But if you read carefully all the letter to the Corinthians, you will find that they were far from being perfect. They had so many issues with the sin and wrong attitude in their congregation constantly. And later on, on the way, they were able to change, to get rid from their sins, but it was later. When I read the place of scriptures for today, Torah portion, I found that the same was with our people of Israel. When the Lord called them Kedushim, holy people, they were not acting perfect. And the truth is, they were never able to. When we begin to understand the meaning of this word and what the Lord had in mind when he said that we are a holy people, then our goal and task as Messianic believers becomes more clear to us when we understand what does it mean to be a holy people. Even this simple understanding that we are called to be believers not just to be good people and live good and happy life without any goals. Though it is important to be happy and good, but we are a holy people. I'd like to repeat here. We are a holy people. We call to be a holy people. It means set apart for God with a very important purpose in our lives. I have read this passage from scripture many times. It helps me stay focused in my mission. So it is in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 11. So please read it with me. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 11. And let's think about it through this. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Please notice here, after the, after the description of who we are and who we are called to be, the commandments about holiness follow in the next verses. Separating our oneself from sin and lust so that we can be used for God's purpose. So we are, let's think about it. We are a chosen people. And this is not from us. This is from the Lord to us. We are a royal priesthood. The Lord called us a holy nation taken as an inheritance for him. And we also people belonging to God. What a wonderful promises to us. 
And what's the reason? Why? To just be a chosen people or be a royal priesthood or be good enough? What's the reason? And in the same verses we can find, we are set apart. We are called. We are being holy in order to proclaim the perfection of God. This is our goal. This is why the Lord called us to proclaim his perfection. Is that simple enough to understand? I believe so. Not that we are a people of perfection, a people who are absolutely without sin or defect, but that we are a people set apart for a mission which God has specified for us. And in order to pursue this goal, in order to pursue God's assigned mission, we must be sanctified. We must prepare ourselves to be worthy and capable to achieve this goal. It is so simple, but it's so important. So let's read uh, the same First Peter chapter 1, verse 15. Instead, just like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in everything you do. Verse 16. For it is written, Kedoshim you shall be, for I am Kadosh. For I am Kadosh. Now let's look in the Haftorah for the second part of our discussion. Why God calls us to be his holy people? What's the reason? What was the purpose for us? Exactly, what is our task as a part of Messianic movement? Because we are part of greatest Messianic movement, a God's calling on this earth. Let's open uh, Haftorah, Amos chapter 9, from verse 11. Amos chapter 9, from verse 11. And read it, beautiful, beautiful promise, beautiful prophecy to all of us. And specifically, I believe it is specifically for messianic moment it is so important for us to know amos chapter 9 verse 11 when the day comes i will raise up the fallen sukkah and in septuagint is the word not sukkah but what tabernacle tabernacle of david i will close up its gaps Raise up its, its ruins and rebuild it as it used to be. Verse 12. So that Israel can possess what is left of Edom and of all the nations bearing my name, says Adonai, who is doing this. The prophecy from the book of Amos is one of the direct messianic prophecies to all of us. And what is very interesting to me is that the apostles gave us a clear understanding and explanation of this prophecy in terms of the revival and faith in the Messiah Yeshua. It is obvious in Acts chapter 15, if you would open with me, Acts chapter 15, we read how the apostle Yaakov gives this prophecy about the tabernacle of David as confirmation that the Messiah had already come and with that the messianic movement that began after the death and resurrection of Yeshua is the fulfillment of the prophecy from the book of Amos. So 
we, we are Kedushim, Hazel Tov, <laughs> and our main task for which we were consecrated and separated as Messianic believers is the restoration of the tabernacle of David, which was destroyed. And tomorrow we will carefully read Amos and Acts and compare them together in order to see our calling as a Messianic movement. So let's welcome Rabbi David from his home. Rabbi David. Thank you, Rabbi Yuri. I think this is a really interesting topic to be focusing on. And I think it's important what Rabbi Yuri was saying about the misunderstandings that people often have about holiness. And Rabbi, thank you for focusing on the purpose that God has given to us, that we've been set apart for a purpose. I think that's a really powerful point of focus and something for us to pay attention to. Because these days, if you talk about holiness, you talk about being holy, it, it can sound strange to everyday people rather than understandable. And they may come up with understandings and, and points of reference that are quite different from what we're trying to focus on. But having said that, it's also useful to understand that we all we are called to live a life that is different than those all around us. And I think this is useful for us as we are in the midst of turmoil in this whole world. The entire world has been turned upside down in a sense, and everyone is trying to find their way. It's important for us as believers and for those of us who know Yeshua the Messiah to be able to stand firm and to have clarity for ourselves about what life is like. And so I think some of the teachings that we have in the readings this weekend are really practical and useful for us. And let's turn to Leviticus 18, starting in verse one. And I'll be reading from the complete Jewish Bible, David Stern's translation. It says, Adonai said to Moshe, speak to the people of Israel and tell them I am Adonai, your God, and you're not to engage in the activities found in the land of Egypt where you used to live, and you're not to engage in the activities found in the land of Canaan, where I am bringing you, nor are you to live by their laws. Now, this is not instruction to be lawless. It's instruction to have a higher law, not a lower law. And verse four makes it very clear. You are to obey my rulings and my laws, my instructions, and live accordingly. I am Adonai, your God. And I want to focus on a theme word, live, which shows up not only in verse four, but in verse five as well. You are to observe my laws and rulings. If a person does them, he will have life through them. I am Adonai, to live for God, to have the life of faith, this is so important for us. It's not just a matter of what you say you believe, but how do we live? We're called to live for God. Now, with that in mind, let's understand some things. Some, some things are legal these days and they're culturally accepted, but they may not be good for us. We honor and we can even respect legal traditions of our country and cultural norms all around us, but we choose for ourselves a higher set of norms. And how do we choose this? It's not by being religious per se in the way the world might conceive of religiousness, but rather by being focused on life. What sustains life? 
What restores life? To be life affirming and life enhancing, the things that we do have life in them. The, the celebration of Shabbat is not a matter of being more religious than the next person. It's a matter of having life for ourselves. The one who lives by faith who lives faithfully and trusts the Lord and seeks the ways of the Lord and tries to live by the ways of God, this one will have life. So that's why I think it's important for us to focus on the life of faith. It, it's not just a, a single moment of believing something, but it's the devotion of our lives and the ongoing devotion. It has to do with how we understand our past, our present, and our future as well. Now, I'm all in favor of eternal life, and I think God has made a way for you and for me through Messiah to have eternal life. But I think we should not neglect abundant life as well. It's important to be focusing on the things that will exist for eternity, and it's also important to be focused on what exists right now that can be influenced by eternity. And so the idea that Yeshua gives us abundant life. This is really important. And I wanna think of it in this way, maybe it's a different phrase, surplus of life. To have more life than you can contain inside. To have overflowing life, to have life that's abundant means you don't just run out of life, you're not falling short. There's not a shortage of life in you, but there's overflowing life. And I think this fits in so well together with the great instruction of Deuteronomy to choose life, not death. Now, you and I are living in a time when there's death all around us and there's sickness all around us. How do we, how do we choose life? Well, one of the ways that we choose life is through the way that we decide to live. We're living not just for ourselves, but for the good of others. We're living not just for ourselves, but for God's best. And if we're going to do that, it's useful to know what is God interested in? What does he care about? And I think the promise of restoration that is in the Haftor portion in Amos 9, starting in verse 11, this is a very important promise because what God wants to rebuild is what he wants to continue to have. Let's read. When that day comes, or in that day, I'll raise up the fallen tabernacle of David. I'll close up its gaps. I'll raise up its ruins and rebuild it as it used to be. So that Israel can possess what is left of Edom and of all the nations bearing my name, says the Lord, who will do this. The days will come, says Adonai, when the plowman will overtake the reaper and the one treading grapes, the one sowing seed. Sweet wine will drip down from the mountains and all the hills will flow with it. I will restore the fortunes of my people, Israel, and they will rebuild and inhabit the ruined cities. They will plant vineyards and drink their wine and cultivate gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant them on their own soil, no more to be uprooted from their land, which I gave them, says Adonai, your God. Rebuild and inhabit ruined cities. That's one of the things that God's calling us to do. And I think that there are, there are many of us in Beth Israel 
and many who join with us who have a heart for the restoration of cities. And there are neighborhoods in your city that need restoration. I'm so appreciative of all of the Beth Israel Mishpocha who take urban life seriously. And even though suburban life is great, I'm not saying anything against suburban life. I want to say God has a heart to restore. And those of you who have taken houses and rebuilt them and you've gone into neighborhoods and you're participating in restoring them, I would say to you that the heart of the Lord is in you and you're being motivated by very important things. The scripture talks about restore of streets with dwellings and repair of the breach. That's a calling that God has given to us to be rebuilders. And this promise of um, Amos is a promise that the people of God will rebuild. We have to grasp this. God calls us to rebuild from the lives that we have that have been rebuilt. Every one of us has brokenness in our lives. We have areas of disrepair. We have things that don't function all that well in our personalities, in the way we think, in our emotions. And each one of us needs to be rebuilt and God is promising to rebuild us. It's a great promise, but when he rebuilds us, it's not just an internal thing, it's for a purpose. He wants us to participate in the rebuilding all around us. And so look at what he says, plant vineyards, make wine to drink. Not only this, but remember vineyards take time. They take effort, they take skill. You don't just plant a vineyard and then instantly or suddenly or easily you have good wine. Winemaking is an art as well as a science. It takes practice, it takes devotion, it takes creativity. It goes on, it says, cultivate gardens and eat their fruit. I'm so excited about all the people of Beth Israel who are planting gardens or who have been faithful garden planters and are now doing even more. It's wonderful to see the posts that, that you have on Facebook and Instagram showing your gardens as they're developing and showing the produce that's coming from them. It's a wonderful thing to cultivate your gardens and to eat their fruit. So to think about cultivation for a moment, it means to prepare the soil, to plant and then to weed and to feed and to prune and protect, to, um, to deal with whatever pests and even wildlife you might have to, and then to bring to harvest. And once you harvest, to distribute and to store so that you can eat and enjoy you have enough for yourself and enough to share. So think about these themes that express God's areas of interest and concern. Urban renewal, neighborhood renewal, construction and home rebuilding, cities and gardens, housing and food, vineyards and winemaking, all of these things are of interest to the Lord. And when you think about that, it probably doesn't fit into the normal way that people think about holiness. They think about holiness as being maybe holier than thou, that type of holiness. Well, I want, to, I want you to understand that God is interested in our whole lives. He's interested in every part of our lives and he wants us to pay attention so that we can have abundant life. It's important when we're living these days to, to be aware of of how people 
around a certain thing, to be sensitive to that and, and to be able to connect with people of all different kinds and all different backgrounds. Because we're called to be lovers of people and to show many different kinds of people the love of God. We have to be able to connect across what normally are chasms and gaps these days of barriers and, weight and polarization and, and things that separate us rather than unite us. But I think this is a time when everything's been turned upside down. It's a time to reconsider how, how you spend your efforts, what's important and what's valuable to you. And people around you are thinking the same too. It's a time of reassessment. And I wanna encourage you as, as you move forward in the days ahead and as there are more things that are permitted that you can do, don't get lost in busyness. Don't just get swamped by all the things that you could do. Pay attention to what gives you life and to do those things that affirm life. And not only affirm life for you, but cause abundant life to develop in you and then to overflow from you to other people so that the words of Yeshua can be fulfilled that rivers of living water will flow out from you. When you think about the scope of God's interest and his concern, I, I know he has many activities that he's interested in, but he also has humanity, people that he's concerned for. And so this passage in Amos talks about that. And there's one phrase that I want to underline tonight is the phrase, all the nations bearing my name. God has called the people of Israel to bear his name. He's called Edom as well to bear his name, but he's called people from all nations, different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different nationalities to bear his name. He's concerned for Israel. He's concerned for Israel's relatives and kin. And he's even concerned for those who are alienated from Israel. But he's also concerned for all kinds of people. And when we read about all the nations that bear his name, I want you to understand the concept of nationality that the scripture is talking about. It's not talking about citizenship per se or about what government you are um, a citizen in, but rather about the ethnic groups and the nationalities. You see, there are people groups of all different kinds who choose the ways of God, who decide to love God's people Israel, to love their own nation as well. They're not indifferent to nationality because God is not indifferent to nationality. He's not trying to take all of us with all of our diversity, all of our differences, all of our uniqueness, all of our historic strengths and qualities that have developed, and then throw us into the basimatic that just blenderizes us into an indistinct and uniform mishmash. No, the Lord loves ethnicity. He loves ethnic groups, and he wants us to be able to appreciate our strengths each of our national strengths and to develop those strengths in light of our faith with God, to develop those strengths and those distinctions, but not succumbing to the weaknesses so that we could be united by our love for God and our love for God's people. So with that in mind, let's look for a moment at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, which I think echoes the sentiments of the first passage in Leviticus that we read. In 1 Corinthians 6, starting in verse 12, it says, you say to me, for me, everything is permitted. And Paul writes, maybe, but not everything is helpful. 
For me, everything is permitted, maybe. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm not going to let anything gain control over me. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, maybe. But God will put an end to both of them anyhow. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And the, and the Lord is for the body. God raised up the Lord and he will raise us up too by his power. Don't you know that your bodies are part of the Messiah? So am I to take parts of the Messiah and make them parts of a prostitute? Heaven forbid. Don't you know that a man who joins himself to a prostitute becomes physically one with her? For the Tanakh says the two will become one flesh. But the person who is joined to the Lord as one spirit run from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the fornicator sins against his own body. Or don't you know that your body is a temple for the Ruach HaKodesh, for the Holy Spirit who lives inside you, whom you receive from God? The fact is you don't belong to yourselves. For you were bought at a price. And so use your bodies to glorify God. That's the word that, that Paul gave. The measure for us is not what is permitted, but what is helpful, what's useful, what affirms life with God rather than destroy it. And he says, I'm going to make a personal decision. I don't want to be dominated by my own habits. I I don't want anything, the way I eat or how I live, my physical habits. I don't want them to dominate me or to have control over me. I think that's something you and I can agree on, that habits are meant to serve us and not to dominate us. He underlines two key appetites, food, what we eat, and sex, what we do physically and sexually. And he gives this vision that the body is a temple for the Lord. We don't belong to ourselves anymore. We were bought with a price. We were bought twice in a sense, bought out of Egypt and bought out of the kingdom of darkness. And so use your bodies to glorify the Lord. That's the instruction that he's giving to all of us who are believers, whether we come from Jewish backgrounds or not, whether our family background or ethnic background is Jewish or not. We're called into one kingdom and one body that is under the loving leadership and lordship of Yeshua, the Messiah, of our God, of our Redeemer and our Savior. And so it's important for you and me to think soberly during this time, but also to be positive, not to, to be sour pusses for God and not to be lost in just condemnation for ourselves or towards other people. You know, God has called us to live and to have abundant life, to let the life of the Holy Spirit, the life that Messiah has made possible for us, the life that should flow with abundance out of us. He's called us to live life to the fullest, to have lives of enjoyment and lives of, that are filled with great qualities. I would encourage you, Use this time that you have if you have any extra time. Do some house projects to clean up, to rebuild, to restore. Touch some things up that need some extra effort. Work around the yard, do some gardening, plant some food, grow some plants and eat them and enjoy the produce of your hands. This is a great time to invest. It's also a great time to invest spiritually. It's a great time to say, Lord, 
Lord, I want to grow up during this time. I want to be cultivated the way I want a garden cultivated. Help me get the weeds out. Help me get the pests out of my life so that I would not be under the control of anything that would reduce life rather than enhance life. You and I are called to abundant life. We're called in the season to build the house of the Lord together in a new situation. We're serving the Lord together and serving each other together. And I want to give special thanks to everyone who has been connecting with others in the congregation. And remember this, when the Lord puts someone on your heart, or even when you just think about someone, use that as a prompt to reach out to them. It can make all the difference in the world. And if I can right now, I wanna to speak to the ministry leaders and coordinators at Beth Israel. And I wanna give you a personal assignment from the rabbis and rabbits. And, and, and this is something really simple. And that is to contact all the people who are part of your ministry team. Give them a call, write them an email, send them a text, even send them a letter or a note card. My wife has been so great about using notes, handwritten notes and cards. And I know there are some of you like Martha who are great at doing the same thing and, and Karen Gray, others who are just great at writing down, putting important thoughts down and sharing your feelings with people. It's so wonderful to receive handwritten notes and letters from everyone who, who has that great habit. And I wanna thank all of you who have written me and my wife during this time. But also I wanna encourage you who are ministry leaders and, and coordinators to take the time this weekend, tonight, tomorrow, Sunday, and to Connect with everybody who's on your team. Get your roster list out and follow up with every person. And follow up until you connect with everyone. And just tell them that you're thinking about them and that on, on behalf of the rabbis and Rebison, you're following up with them and you wanted to find out how are they doing? And is there anything that they need, anything they need prayer for, so that you can pray for them, you can encourage them, and you can also let us know. After you connect with everybody on your team, would you take another step? And that's to, to write me and Rabbi Yuri and let us know about anybody on your team who needs personal attention. And anyone who's had any great testimony of blessing from the Lord, you can let us know about that too. Let us know about needs, but also let us know about the testimonies of what God has been doing. You know, this is a challenging time. It's a difficult time, but it's a time for us to build our connections and strengthen our connections. And we've been at this now for seven weeks. And I want to encourage you, stay connected together with the Lord. Stay connected with each other. <clears throat> your call, your text, your email, your note card your letter can really touch someone. And I wanna say thank you to my wife, Sandy, because she's such a great example of being able to put into words her feelings, to be able to um, capture um, on paper. She writes beautiful notes. If you've ever gotten a note from Sandy, you know how precious it is. So I wanna encourage you, follow her example. It'll go well with you. And I just wanna say as, as the rabbis and Rebetzin of Beth Israel, we appreciate you doing this so much. It means so much to us that you would reach out to one another and stay connected. I wanna remind you also that we will have a special time for the Mishpocha, the Beth Israel Mishpocha on our a Wednesday night night at 6 30 p.m live from home session it'll be on the beth israel messianic synagogue mishpacha group page which is limited access 
And at 6.30 on Wednesday, we are going to be gathering together and we're going to be celebrating the meal of Messiah. We're going to be worshiping and praying for each other too. It is going to be a fantastic time. Make sure you have matzah and wine or grape juice so you can participate as well. I want to conclude with a special thank you to everyone at Beth Israel for your continuing support because you're faithful and your steady giving really gives us stability. It makes it easier for us to expand our efforts during this season and to do more together as a community. <coughs> and even though we can't use our building during this season, we have all of our regular expenses and we're grateful for your generosity and your cheerfulness. And on behalf of my wife, Rabbits and Sandy, and myself, on behalf of Rabbi Yuri and Rabbits and Nina, I wanna say, we are so glad you are together with us. We're so thankful that you are standing together with us and that you're participating with us and encouraging us. And we wanna thank you for your sacrificial giving as well as your faithful giving of tithes and offerings. If you wanna give through online, um, portals, you can go to bethisraelnow.com slash giving, and you can select Giving Fire or PayPal. They're both very secure and very easy to customize, easy to set up. We've had no security breaches at all. And you can join us um, also through your financial support by sending in checks through the mail and through your online bill pay service at your bank. So thanks to everyone who's been supporting us and continuing to support us and stand with us. Together, we are able to do so much more than we could ever do by ourselves. I also wanna encourage you to check out on our Facebook page, the Beth Israel Facebook page, um, the new post from Cantor Aaron Jacobs, his Torah teaser, which includes some additional Hebrew prayers. We're gonna be adding in more and more Hebrew prayers as time goes on so that we can offer you ways that you can stay connected with the normal life that we have with Hebrew prayers and worship uh, at Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue. Well, right now I, I wanna close this segment with Aaron's blessing as we normally do at Beth Israel. And I wanna remind you that we'll be going immediately back to the Rose family um, after that. So join together and let's receive Aaron's blessing. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. And so on behalf of my wife, Rebetzin Sandy and myself and Rabbi Yuri and Rebetz and Nina, I want to say thank you for joining us. Shabbat Shalom. And now let's return to the Rose Home for one more worship song. Shabbat Shalom. Put your spirit 
inside me now I'm not the same I'm so grateful my name has with love been inscribed in the Lamb's book of life forevermore written in Yeshua's blood it cannot be has settled the score. So thank you, Yeshua, for loving even me, the worst of all sinners, yet you died to set me free. All honor and glory and praise are yours, my Hamashiach, the one, the living word. I'm so grateful my name has with love been inscribed in the Lamb's book of life forevermore. Written in Yeshua's blood, it cannot be Thank you for worshiping with us tonight, and Shabbat Shalom.